that it's not either you win or you lose. It's either you win or you learn. And when we start looking at every situation in our life, whether it's being let go from a job or, you know, um, a relationship that didn't work out or a business partnership that didn't work out or whatever the case is, when we start looking at it with this lens that it's like, did I win in the situation or did I learn? And if, if I learned, what did I learn in the situation? Then we're going to walk away, always equipped, always stronger for the next season of life, because we're always using things from the past, right? They're always equipping us and making us stronger for the future. My name is Lucy Key. I am on a mission to teach Latinas how to build generational wealth by healing their relationship with money, invest in the stock market and launch an online coaching business. I am a mom, a wife, coach, speaker, and author who went from believing I had to work mentally and physically hard for my money to now having multiple investment accounts. On this show, I share the strategies to manage your dinero, all things finance, and wealth building for Latinas. Welcome to Say Hola Well Podcast. Lista, let's go. You are listening to episode 20, how failure can lead you to find your purpose. Mujeres, this week we are talking about failure with a very special guest, Paola Suarez. She is the host and creator of But First She Fail, a podcast on entrepreneurship. Paola is a former journalist and national news producer that had Stories appear on Univision, Telemundo, and ABC News, amongst others. She is now helping women overcome failure and get unstuck in careers that are unfulfilled and get them on track to starting their dream business. Are you ready? Let's go ahead and welcome Paola. Paola, welcome to Say Hola Well podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Absolutely. It has been a minute since we connected. (laughs) I am so happy to finally have you here. Um, I have been following you for quite some time. I love, love everything that you are doing on your platform. And of course, I love that you're talking about something that is scary to talk about. I want to say just (laughs) like money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, you know, for being on this journey with us. And, um, it means so much. I love the content you're putting out as well. And I think what you are doing is extremely important for our community. So thank you. Well, let's go ahead and get started. I want to know how did you grow up and what was your relationship with money? Whatever you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. That's also a deep one. Um, cause I've, I've been on the journey this year, I, I would say of like analyzing this, you know, cause I think as adults, a lot of times we just, you know, we started careers, we start doing whatever, and we go into the motions and then we don't ever take time to pause and reflect and, and think, but why is my relationship with money like this? Or why do I have these limiting beliefs? Or why do I have, you know, when it comes to my business or why do I have these limiting beliefs when it comes to how much I can make them, you know, as a salary in my career or whatever you, you know, whatever the case is. And so a little bit about my journey was, um, I'm, I come from a single parent household, you know, so my mom, you know, she was always working and, um, you know, taking care of me. And we also lived with my grandparents as well. And I, I think, I had somewhat of a early on, I think I had somewhat, somewhat of a privileged background in the sense of that my mom, you know, I was her sole, um, her sole responsibility, but also kind of like, 
you know, her, her soul, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Uh, she could put, you know, all her attention and focus on me. And so I was, you know, I was put in private school and all those things early on, but what ended up happening in, in our trajectory was that my mom ended up losing her job when I was in fourth grade and yeah, I was in fourth grade or fifth grade. And now it's a little bit of a blur fifth grade. And, you know, with that happening, a lot of changes happened with us financially. Like all of a sudden I was put into a, you know, public school in a different neighborhood in, you know, Chicago where I'm from. And it wasn't necessarily the best school, the best area. And then we moved to Miami for a little bit. And then we moved back to Chicago. It was into the suburbs. And so it was a kind of a tumultuous few years. Right. But what ended up registering in my mind is that, and I've been analyzing this actually in the last few months is that I think I, it's, it, how it's come out as an adult is that sometimes I've had this fear of like, you make money and then you lose it all. You know, you make money, you can have great seasons and then you can have not so good seasons, you know? So, um, that was a little bit of kind of my money story in my childhood, but going into my adult years, I was kind of never really given, you know, a sense of besides school, which we know that, I mean, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but I think the school systems in the United States, we don't put emphasis on money management or learning about how to manage money or any of those things. So even though for high school, I went to a good public school, that's one of the top ones in the state of Illinois. It was, I mean, I think we had one economics class and that was it, you know, it's like one class on like, you know, the basics of like how to manage, how to balance your checkbook when that existed back in the day, you know? And I think I wasn't really given necessarily like, um, I didn't have conversations about money growing up, you know, and my mom, she went through a tumultuous few years and she kind of had money saved up and then she didn't. And then she was, you know, focused on getting out of debt. And so she never really taught me how to manage my credit cards and stuff. So when I got into college in my early adult years, I was just never saving. And I was just living, uh, you know, living, you know, kind of paycheck to paycheck and credit cards and all that. And um, yeah, that was a little bit of my story. So I, you know, I can kind of go into deeper, I guess, if you, you know, as in my career, what it kind of, ha- how that led to where I am today, but there was definitely a few years in those beginning years where I'm like, I worked since I was 15. I'm like, I could have had so much money saved up. Had I been, you know, given the tools or had the conversations or, you know, had people sit down with me and say, Paola, you're making money, you know, you need to manage your money in this way, or, you know, this is a smart way to manage your money, you know? So that, um, but it's been really interesting as I'm an adult. And now, as I look back and how it's been kind of a healing journey. So it's, um, I love that question that you just asked. Cause I'm like, it is something that I'm still analyzing. I'm still reflecting. I'm still getting better. And, you know, it's a journey. Absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing so much about your childhood, which is really the narrative of a lot of us, right? That come from um, humble beginnings, or in some cases, some mujeres that have the, I want to say that they're better off, but then for some reason, their parents lose their money and they have to almost start over. And as you are talking about your journey, I'm seeing how much you have to move around, right? And the sense of not having the financial stability really messes with your money mindset. And I already told you that I've been following you for quite some time. So what are some of the money beliefs that you have to unlearn to help you become a successful entrepreneur? Yeah, that's a great question as well. I think, um, and I'm still trying to figure it all out, you know, but I think one of the big ones 
is I, I, I came to the realization that I had this limiting belief when it came to, you know, to my career. Like I never wanted to ask for more money. I would just take whatever I could get. And it was really kind of unlearning, like, no, I'm worthy of asking for more money. You know, I can ask for more in my salary whenever I'm taking on a client or whatever that is, I can ask for more. And that's been a journey for me. Right. Cause I think it's, it's, I think there's a lot of limiting beliefs that can come up. Right. So it's like with your career. And then also, you know, when it comes to selling, you know, your, your business or whatever you do that your coaching program, if you will, you know, it's a lot of unlearning, like, you know, this is okay. I, you know, um, I had a conversation actually, you just reminded me of someone that was on the podcast just two weeks ago. And she was talking about like the difficulties that come up when you're selling something and something that she mentioned that I was like, Oh my gosh, that's something I've dealt with. And I've had to unlearn is not projecting your money story into someone that you're selling your product to. And I was like, Oh my God, this is profound. And so in my case, like I shouldn't be projecting, like I've had seasons where I've had a lot of money and I've had seasons where I haven't had so much money. Right. And I think that's probably the case for a lot of us, you know, and I think it's not projecting your, your money story of saying like, oh my gosh, at this age, I could not afford the X, Y, Z thing. Or when I was 27, I, you know, for example, if you're a realtor and you have a client, that's a 27 year old woman saying, oh, she could never afford to buy her own condo at 27 because she's not, you know, I was not, I was not able to at that age. Right. So it's like a lot of times we're projecting our own stories and believing that the other person is in the same place where it's like, you don't know, you put out the offer, but you don't know what if, what if they are in you know, they really need your services, but you're over here disqualifying them saying like, Oh, you know, a hundred dollars is way too much for her to pay for a course when it's like, no, a hundred dollars is an investment in her future. And you're going to make her so much more money. For example, if you take one of her, if she takes one of your, you know, your coaching sessions or something that you're offering, you know? So for me, it was a lot of unlearning those things of not projecting my money story onto people, as well as, you know, speaking up and being confident that I am worthy of asking for more money, that I do have a voice, that I do have value in those kind of things. So that's a little bit of kind of the things that I've had to unlearn the limiting beliefs around money that I've had to work through um, to get to the other side. That was so powerful. And <laughs> I, I just want to add that this is something that I, because I do financial and business coaching, and this is something that I'm very huge on with my business coaching clients. Like, don't think for your customer. Just because you don't have the 200, the 300, the 400, that doesn't mean that they don't. And I always coach them on checking their emotions before they even go on a call. Like, how are you feeling as a coach? Wow. Are you ready to welcome abundance or are you already thinking like, oh, they're not going to sign with me, right? That they, mm -hmm. they can't afford me. So if you have those thoughts as an entrepreneur or as a coach, that that is like a big sign that there's something you still need to work on. And as you evolve as a coach and as your offer grows, you're going to start feeling those feelings again. So money feelings and the unlearning doesn't go away. It, it continues, it continues. Yeah, I love that. So I, um, I wanted to bring you to the podcast because you talk so much about failure. And in my humble opinion, I believe that failure is such a huge taboo topic, yeah. just like money. So yeah. for the busy mujeres that are listening, can you tell us what is your definition of failure? Yeah, that's, that's also, that's a great question. 
So it's funny because the whole, the podcast, my podcast is called, but first she failed. But the funny thing is that I don't actually believe that anything is a failure, right? The truth is that I believe in life. You either, it's not either you win or you lose. I believe it's either you win or you learn, right? So in every situation in life, we're either winning in that season or in that moment, like you get that job that you wanted or, or you get that sale or, you know, you get to that goal or whatever the case is, or you're learning. Maybe it doesn't work out the way you want it to, but guess what? You take some time, you reflect, and then you learn from that lesson, right? And every time you learn, you're going to evolve. So it's like, maybe you started a blog, but then you realize I don't really like blogging, but then eventually you start a podcast and you realize I love podcasting, right? That got you one step closer to where you wanted to get to, right? So it's always, you're always learning, you're always evolving. And I think the key important thing is to, uh, you know, have that thought that it's not either you win or you lose, it's either you win or you learn. And when we start looking at every situation in our life, whether it's being let go from a job or, you know, um, a relationship that didn't work out or a business partnership that didn't work out or whatever the case is, when we start looking at it with this lens that it's like, did I win in the situation or did I learn? And if, if I learned, what did I learn in the situation? Then we're going to walk away, always equipped, always stronger for the next season of life, because we're always using things from the past, right? They're always equipping us and making us stronger for the future. Right. So my, my definition of failure is that there really is no, no such thing as failure. I mean, of course, in our hearts, we all have different things that we would categorize and that we personally know, right. Something that's a failure to me might not be a failure to you or something that you think is a huge deal. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I feel that the, that might not be a failure, quote unquote failure for me. Right. But I think it's, it's a very personal thing. It's a very individual thing, but if we start reframing it this way and thinking of it as either win or learn, I think it's going to help us a ton when, when it comes to that idea. I love that so much. So there's some mujeres out there. I know listening to the podcast right now, and if they have failed at something, they literally just give up. They're like, I'm not good enough. I'm just not going to try. I'm just going to ignore my desire to do whatever it is that they want to do, right? Whether it is becoming a coach, whether it is talking about finance, whether it is uh, becoming a life coach, right? So in your opinion, why are we so afraid of failure? That is, that's a, that's, I'm going to say that to all your questions because they all are great questions, but <laughs> why, why are we so afraid of failure? I, I mean, I think it's human. I think it's human to be scared of being vulnerable. It's, it's human to feel like, man, I, I always want to, you know, seem like I'm successful. I also think it's a societal thing. I think in society, we don't really talk about moments of failure. We really, usually what you see on social media, it's it's highlight reels, right? It's like, you know, it's Lucy looking incredible on an IG live and giving out so much great information, or it's, you know, my podcast and, you know, do, doing well on the charts or whatever it is. We, we talk about things on social media that are the best of us, right? That's our highlight reels. And I think even, you know, even when we see these, these people that we look up to, we also see like their successes. We see them at the, you know, as the reporter on the anchor desk on national TV, or we see them and, you know, the first lady, and, you know, she's in her role as first lady right now, or we see them in these mountaintop moments, but we don't see all the work that goes into it behind the scenes. And one of the things, one of the epiphanies in my journey, and one of the reasons I started this podcast was because I realized that, you know, it's a disservice. I used to actually believe, I used to believe that 
that these successful women, that they were different than me, right. That, you know, that they didn't fail that, you know, I was so, you know, so different than them, you know, and the truth is that every successful person, the more and more you read autobiographies of whoever, you know, whoever you look up to, you read their autobiography, you read their memoir, you, you know, you listen to their audible book, whatever the case is, or you listen to them on an interview, a podcast interview, you start, when you start digging into their story, you're going to start seeing that there's moments of failure. Everyone fails. You know, everyone has these quote unquote moments that they feel like they failed. Right. And the thing is, we just don't talk about it. So it's like, it's really important that we normalize this idea that it's not a big deal. You know, maybe things didn't go the way you wanted, but you just get up, you brush yourself off and, you know, try again, like Aaliyah said, right. You just go for it again, you know? And I think, I think that that's one of the big reasons that we're kind of scared of it because it's still a taboo topic. We really don't talk about it. We just see everyone being successful, but they don't share the other side of the story, you know? So I think that's a big part of why people are so scared of failing. Absolutely. And I also want to add to that, that the most successful um, people have failed multiple times, not yeah. just one, but right. I, uh, I actually coach my clients on this uh, journey known as a hero's journey, where failure is part of that growth, but also understanding that you can be failing maybe in your career, but that doesn't mean that you're failing as a mom or as a wife, because we're yeah. going through multiple journeys. And I, I'm like loving this conversation so much. So I want to ask you so many more questions, but I know that failing has literally helped you find your purpose. So yeah. can you walk us through the journey on how failure just give you the push to be where you are today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So kind of the reason that I started this podcast and all of this goes back to, um, I guess you can go, it goes back to since I was 12, I always wanted to be, you know, work in broadcast journalism. I always wanted to work in news and I had the, the dreams of, especially the mujeres on this podcast will understand, especially if you're around, you know, my age or our age, I think like primer impacto. I grew up saying, prim, seeing primer impacto when I was a little girl here, you know, and I used to yeah, see the anchors here. on primer impacto, <laughs> right? Remember Maria Celeste and uh, Mirka de Llanos were like the anchors back then. And I remember, and Carla Martinez, I remember she was on Control, which was another show in the nineties. And oh, yeah. You're, and, you're, you're literally telling everyone our age. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Putting myself on blast, yeah. And I, you know, I grew up seeing these women and I remember being so inspired seeing them on Univision and seeing like Latinas on TV and just like, man, the way I just, I was, I was like, wow, I had a dream, right? And I was like, I want to, since I was 12, I was like, I want to be on national news. I want to be like, I'm Primer Impacto. I want to be like the anchor Primer Impacto one day when I grew up. I want to move to, from Chicago to Miami, Florida and, you know, be on national TV and have my family and like be, that's what was my dream since I was 12, right? And when I went to college and I, you know, started broadcast journalism, got opened the amazing door and I was able to move across the country to work for Univision. And I worked for a show um, that's called Aquí Ahora. It's still around. It's kind of like 2020 in Spanish. And so I worked on that show and I was, uh, you know, an associate producer and, you know, producing stories, which, you know, it's kind of like the producers and news reporters work hand in hand. Right. 
And, you know, I still had the dream. I'm like, I'm going to be a reporter and I'm and working this, but it was an incredible season of my life. when I worked at Univision, I learned so, so, so much like, and it was such a cool season in the sense of like, I got to do celebrity interviews and, you know, be with all these people that are, you know, in the, like the names that we recognize and the news and the reputable um, reporters and anchors and all that, the people at the top of the industry. And, you know, all these, like, I, it was an incredible school of journalism. And then about four years into that, I took an opportunity with a news startup, which back then was kind of like the thing. I think uh, it was a talk of the industry. And also I, a lot of news, a lot of startups were happening, you know, in this year. And so anyways, I went into this new startup and about a year after I got there from that, I started at this new role which was also a dream role because it was, like I said, the talk of the industry and it was incredible opportunity and all that. Uh, but it wasn't a great fit for me, the, the, the specific role that I was in. And a year after I got there, I was let go from my position. Right. And I say this on the episode one of the podcast that it took me years to be able to say, it actually took more than years. It took me until the day that I recorded the first episode of the podcast to say the term that I I was fired. Like, I still like, I could not say I was fired, you know, and that's technically what I was, you know, I would always like allude to it or, you know, say something else, but technically, I mean, all things considered, that's, that's what it was, you know, but for me, it was so hard because I had always gone from one job to another, like, you know, because I got a new opportunity. I had always interviewed and got jobs easily, had great opportunities in high school, college, and then after college. Right. And so for me, it was so gut wrenching. It was so difficult for me to accept that, you know, and I say this, I didn't feel like I failed. I felt like a failure. Right. So it felt very, very deep for me. It felt like, like my, my whole identity was wrapped up in this thing. Like I was, you know, I had also been dealing with a lot of imposter syndrome when I was in that role, you know, I was like, who am I to be in this room with like the CEO of this company or the president of this company or these celebrities, or, you know, these people like, who am I? Right. Which is, uh, I think something that happens to a lot of us Latinas. I think it happens to a lot of women in general, but I think a lot of times, especially in conversations with some of my best friends, it's like a lot of times we get into these big companies and these big roles and it's still something that comes up. Right. Because I think so many layers to it, but it, but it's definitely something that I struggled with, right? The whole imposter syndrome thing. And so when that happened, that kind of confirmed it like, oh, you know, like this was true, you know, which it, it wasn't. But what I ended up doing was I ended up, you know, feeling like I said, like I had failed, like I was a failure. And I ended up trying to run away from, you know, storytelling and, and journalism and all the things. And I started trying to work in different industries. And I wish I could say that it took me you know, a few weeks of being sad or a few days. And then I got back up and I was back into it or, you know, a few months, but the truth is it took me years. Like it took me years to come over, to get over this setback, to get over this blow. Like for me, it was like catastrophic, you know? And, you know, in that time, I learned a lot of lessons and it took me, like I said, it took me way longer than I would wish on anyone else. Cause it took me like at least five years, I would say to get over it, you know, five to almost six years to really kind of get on the other side of it. And one of the things while I was on that journey that I noticed was what I mentioned earlier is that I used to have this unhealthy mindset or believe that these women that I looked up to in the industry and these women that I looked up to in Hollywood and politicians and all these things, I used to believe that these women that so-and-so had it together, you know, supposedly I thought in the sense of we all are the same, but um, the women that I thought like had it all together and I was a hot mess. The truth is they also had their moments. They're human. They also had moments of, of, you know, failure or, you know, setbacks in their careers and their personal lives and their professional lives in all areas. And I started seeing that. And I started saying like, wait a minute, I was so hard on myself because I had one setback, one situation that didn't work out. 
And I would, I rode myself off. I was like, I am not, I'm a, you know, I'm not like these women. I'm not good enough. I used to think all these things. And it's like, that's not the truth. Right. And so I was like, wow, why did I think these things? And why did I believe that? And I was like, we're not having these conversations about failure. Like we need to start talking about this. We need to, you know, start normalizing this whole idea. And that's one of the reasons why on the podcast, I, you know, I bring on it, you know, the, the description talks about, it. it's like, I bring on these trailblazing women that are industry leaders, but I talk to them about moments of failure, because I think that that humanizes the conversation. And that makes you realize like, no matter how cool, whatever they're doing in the season is, they've had their moments too. And they're just like us. We're all the same, you know? And I think that's kind of a little bit of my story of how I, you know, led to this podcast and the podcast has done really well. It's been around for about a year and a half to yeah, a year and a half now, I think it's going by so fast and it's, you know, it's on the top, top charts, but I think it's because it's resonating this whole idea, because I think it's a human thing. We all go through these moments and it's the truth and we need to normalize it. Absolutely. And Paula, as you're describing everything you've gone through on your professional journey, and how you were let go of the job. I'm thinking back of little Paola, the four-year-old who saw her mother losing her job and having to literally reinvent her uh, herself and starting going to other schools. So I'm thinking like, what is the correlation there of mm-hmm. you experiencing that at four years old and experiencing that at a professional setting yeah and I love how you also talk about that it took you a while and that's okay it's okay because everyone's journey is so different so if you are listening right now and you're someone who has been let go it's okay for you to feel those emotions and it's okay for you to understand that you are going to come back. You're going to overcome all those feelings that you're having right now. Maybe it feels like it's never, there's never lie at the end of the tunnel, but Paula and myself can attest that there is so much power and so much growth that is going to happen to you right now. So Paula, what has been one of the best investments that you've made in yourself in, I want to say the last three years? Oh, that's a great, great question. I would say, um, honestly, I think two investments, I think, um, one of them would be the course that I took when I started my podcast. So I was, you know, and since like 2018 or so 2018, 2017, I got the idea that I was like, okay, I'm going to start this podcast. I got a new vision for my life. I'm like, this is what I want to focus my time and my energy on. And for the first time I was like, I don't want to be a reporter anymore, which was hard. Cause for years I was like, that's the only thing I want to be. I was like, I don't want to go into anything else. My husband's like, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And I'm like, no, like this was the only thing, you know? And, um, I was going to start the podcast. We had some, uh, family situations that with my mother-in-law getting sick and then passing away. And so different things came up where kind of pause the journey. But once I was ready to go in 2020, I invested in a course and a podcast course on like, what is the framework needed to start a podcast? And I'm so, so happy that I did because that gave me the clarity that I needed. That gave me the focus that I needed. That gave me the framework. And the truth is I had this conversation with a friend the other day. The truth is you can do all this stuff for free. Like you can, uh, you know, starting a podcast, you can YouTube it. You can do anything for free, learning about money, you know, clarity, whatever the case is, you can do all this stuff for free, but guess what? It's going to take you hours. You can do something where you can spend hundreds of hours on your free time for a year, looking up free resources that may or may not get you what you want, 
Or you could decide to save your time and energy and, you know, invest into yourself and take a course or take something that will give you all the tools, especially if you believe in the person that's selling it, you believe, you already know that they've helped you so much. I feel like it's a no brainer, right? But that's something that I had to graduate into because I speak to that because I used to be that person, right? In 2015, 2014, I would, me and my husband too, we, my husband's an entrepreneur as well. We would be like, no, 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 we can figure this out ourselves. And he's great at research. So we would, and it's like, honestly, we got to a point where we're like, wow, we probably spent three or four months looking up something and spending hundreds of hours trying to figure out how to do something, receiving content and ad advice from different sources. And it was kind of at the end of the day, a waste of time, right? As opposed to investing into something that you believe in, that's going to give you the paper, everything that you need. Right. And so I invested into that. And honestly, I, I think that that was a big part of giving me everything that I needed to launch successfully the podcast. And then after that last year, um, this past, actually it's the January, I started this mastermind program for podcasting and I love my mentor. I love my coach. And she just gave me so much value as a mastermind for a few, you know, women podcasters and, in that I, you know, I've just gotten so much value out of it. So I would say those two investments, I used to not be a believer in investing in yourself, you know, with, uh, you know, I used to, I, I, I honestly used to be that person that's like, no, I would never spend that much money on something, but it's like, but, but I'll go to college and I'll spend a lot of money on a college course, but I won't invest into like an online course for something that I specifically know that I want and I need, you know? So, uh, I think that those two things have been game changers over the last three years, I think. Mujer, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you find value on this episode and it will mean the world to me if you can give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with your primas, your tias, la comadre. You can also share it on social media and tag me on Instagram. And if you know you're ready to start your well-building journey or launch an online business, Go ahead and check the show notes where you will find the link to apply to work with me. Thank you so much again for listening and hasta la próxima.